This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, I don't know about you, but oh, I got to clean myself up for a little bit there after that. That was, uh, it, was, uh, it was one of those moments I was talking to Pastor Solomon as he was headed out. I meant to talk to him before about a game plan because I, I definitely want to spend time and pray and just lift up those families, but that's when the Lord moves is in those moments where we're not sure, but God has a plan. And that's one of the things I want you to understand. Pastor Solomon didn't plan that out. He didn't think this, oh, this is going to be a great moment. We're going to do this. This was literally inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's how much he truly loves each and every one of us, that he wants you and I. And that's how important it was that we were here tonight. And so I want you to remember that this isn't just by chance you were here. You were here destined for this moment, to stand in the gaps of those families who can't stand right now, who are broken and hurting, you stood in the gap. But don't let this be the only time. Continually stand in the gap for them. When that comes on your heart, whatever that is, whatever that thought crosses your mind, take a moment and pray. Spend time and let the Lord use you for whatever needs to be done. We don't know, but we do know this. He is the answer. We gotta keep pointing to him. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for Man, just partnering together, it's awesome when you have a family that unites together and just blesses the Lord. And so uh, we're going to get moving on with the service tonight. Uh, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings. A um, couple of things, if you did not bring a Bible, our ushers will hook you up with a Bible if you'll just lift your hand up in the air so you can follow through the Word. We're going to start in Psalms chapter 100. There's a lot of ways to give. You can see them on the screen right there. We're going to read Psalms 100 verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to read out of the New Living Translations. But it says this, we're going to start here. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gate with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. You know, every single part of that talks about praising the Lord. Have you ever thought about the reason why we praise the Lord? Why does God ask us to praise the Lord? Why is this specifically written? That we should enter his gates with thanksgiving, going into his courts with praise. See, a lot of times we think about this and you gotta ask yourself the question, why is it, that we sing praise. Who's it for? See, a lot of people might sit back who don't know God and say, well, it's for God. But in all reality, it's not for God, it's for us to remember who God is. See, sometimes we have to go back through that process to get to a reminder to remember, oh, that's right, he's done it before, he'll do it again. That he can make it rain. That he can do all these things. See, do you know very simply that when we choose to honor the Lord, we're not doing it because he needs it. We're doing it because we need it, because we need to remember how good he is. See, that's the same thing that we do with tithing. See, God doesn't need your money. God wants you to remember that he's the source and not the almighty dollar, but the almighty God. See, that's what tithing is all about. It's not about God saying he's a broke God. Remember, God is the creator of all. It's coming back to the simple reminder 
that we honor God because God is God and who God is in my life has forever changed everything. In the rest of the sermon, we're gonna continue to talk about that, but I want you to think about those thoughts. The reason we praise, it's not for him. It's for us to remind us how good he truly is. Amen? Amen, let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, so much. For those that give tonight, I ask, Lord, that you would bless, lead, guide, and encourage each and every one of those to trust you wholeheartedly, Father. I thank you, Lord, that just as praise is a reminder of your goodness, Lord, an act of obedience through tithing sets up the blessing and the honor to remind us how good you truly are and to, for us to set you forth before all else. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. I ask, Father, that you would continue to help us to remember how good you truly are and how amazing you can be if we'll simply step out of the way and let God be God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I do wanna go over this real quick. Uh, Cherish is coming up very quickly. I do wanna let you know, there's something specific that happens when you get out of the everyday, ordinary life and step out and do something unique. And so I know May 31st is coming up and you may sit there and say, well, I don't know if I can even go. I don't even know if I'll have time off. I don't even know what I'm gonna be doing at that time. You know what, take a step of faith pay your registration fee and say, I don't know where the rest of the money's coming, but God, I know this, you do. You know where it's gonna come from. So I encourage you to take advantage of that moment, to get out of the ordinary, everyday life that you go through and step up and let God do something amazing. When you get to a place that's uncommon, God shows up and something incredible can truly happen when you do those things. So I, don't just say, well, maybe next year. Let's stop saying next year and let's start saying right now. Amen? Amen. All right, tonight we're gonna talk about idols again. And so pastor's been going over this series talking about idols, and I hope it's been impactful to you that you've recognized and seen some things in your life that maybe I do have an idol. When we used to think there would be these little statues or these urns or they would be these different things in our lives, sometimes idols can be as simple as a cell phone, social media, TV, a book, a person could even be an idol in your life. See, these things can easily change. Tonight I want to talk about this, the small God that we keep as an idol. So, as you're thinking about that, turn with me to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one, and as we're going there, I would like to start this off with the correct way by praying and asking the Lord to do something specific tonight. So while you're doing that, I'm gonna pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Once again, we thank you for the time to come here in this place and to honor you, Father. I ask that you would help me to speak this message with simplicity and clarity, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I'd planned on not saying so the lives would be affected and changed. Father, I don't take these things lightly. When you give a word, Lord, I know it's for specific people and I know it's been for me. And so, Lord, I ask that you would help me to deliver it in such an impactful way that lives would be affected, that they would remember this moment, and that this would be the moment that they would remember that changed my life forever. And so, Lord, we thank you and we love you. We look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many times have you ever found yourself making statements about God? Maybe it's not out loud. Maybe it's just on the inside. You have this thought sometimes that you say things like, well, I hope he can. Sometimes you may say, well, I guess at least we can pray. Or, or you think, man, 
I hear these stories of these people doing this, like this miracle that happened to this family, but I've never seen a miracle in my life. Man, I hear these stories of these people that randomly get money given to them. God, I'm on that. I wanna, I wanna jump on that train, but I don't know where to start. And I don't know if you can do it to me. See, I think at times we isolate God and we put him in kind of a small container. And we think, okay, I could see him doing these in my life, but I'm not sure about the rest. And we treat him kind of like a small God. Or maybe, maybe God did something amazing in your life. Maybe it was something supernatural. I have been witness to many miracles. Literally, people healed instantly right in front of me. And I go and I talk to those people and I'm, I, I always ask them, I'm like, so how's it going, you know, months later, years later, what is, what's going on? Oh man, it's been amazing, it's done this, it's done this. Man, I really need God to move, but you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you pray for me. And I'm like, it's not me. I didn't do, I, I just happened to be the vessel, the person that was there to pray. It wasn't specifically me. Anybody could have done that. I'm not anything special in that moment. It was just that moment God chose to use me. Understand it's not me. Or you have this thought process that, man, that one time I came to church, God did this, and I had this shirt on and these pants on, and I, and I, and I was in this seat. And I remember that as a halfway through worship, it was this song, and when this song was playing, it was this. And all of a sudden, you're trying to recreate this moment so that you can get God to touch you like he did that one time. How many times have we ever thought of God in that same way? See, many times in life, we can easily get caught up thinking either we've got this or I'm not sure God really wants to be involved instead of having the mindset and asking the simple question, first and foremost, God, how are we gonna get through this? See, too quickly, we're calling up our friends. We're getting on social media. We're doing those things instead of calling up God and saying, God, how are we gonna get through this? I don't know, but I, you know, I know you know. I know you can lead me, and so let's go through this. Let's walk through this process. See, too many times in life, we look to the world to be the answer for God instead of God to be the answer for all things. See, God can't be the source of your strength if the world is the source of your standard. Think about that. We love to use scriptures and we love to say those things, but do we usually put God's standards or do we stand on the world? Remember, listen to this. God can't be the source of your strength if the world is the source of your standards. Colossians 1, chapter 15. Let's see who God truly is. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, the supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to him, to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven on earth, by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I want you to think about this. It's stated specifically in there. God is the creator of everything. 
that he holds all creation together. See, I think at times we treat God like he's a one-time, like, like he's a bank and eventually going to run out of money or he's going to run out of things. Instead of looking at God as the big God that he truly is, you know, the Bible says in Mark 11, it says, if you speak unto this mountain, it shall be moved. It shall move. It shall. Not, I hope it will. It might. If you catch him on the right day. See, I think a lot of people, we read the story when Jesus went up to the man who was sitting at the pool and the angel would come and he would stir the pool and the first person who could get in the pool would be healed. And he had been trying for year after year after year for that to be the answer that he had always sought. For that to be the answer when Jesus came across him and said, why don't you just get up and go? And he said, I can't. And Jesus healed him in that moment. See, what it comes back down to is sometimes we treat God like there's only just a little bit of him. And I can only pull this much. So I'm only going to call on God when it's dire need. Other than that, we're just going to have this cool relationship that I'm going to see him on Sundays and Wednesdays. And maybe during the week, I'm going to kick it over to Caleb, or I'm going to kick it over to Air One, or, or I'm going to listen to worship, or I'm going to listen to a podcast that's going to remind me to look at God. See, sometimes we treat him like that. See, one of my favorite things is that uh, Pastor Stormy's mom, she makes these amazing cinnamon rolls. And every time people come over, that's what we have her make. That's, that's just, she knows Woot's going to be making cinnamon rolls. They're the best. One of the things that's the best about them is, man, when she brings them out and they're hot and you get a chance and they're gooey and, oh, man, you just start eating them. And then you grab another and you eat it and you grab another and you eat it and you grab another and you eat it. And, you know, sooner or later you're down about eight or nine that you put in your belly and you've got one left. And everybody's kind of staring at each other, kind of given the, the Western, you know, we're about to have a gunfight for this one last cinnamon roll. And sometimes in life you get to that point where you think, well, that's the last, like, like, we treat that like God, like, oh, God, thank you so much for healing me here. And then you take another one, and, it's, and then all of a sudden, the tray's getting emptier and emptier and emptier and emptier. And all of a sudden, it's coming down to the one last one, and you're like, I want it. I want to use it for this, or I want this, but I'm not sure. If, oh, man, it's the last one. I don't know if there will ever be another one. I don't know if it will ever I don't want to use it for this. And we start treating God like that. But you know what the thing about it is? See, Woot's the creator of those cinnamon rolls. And one of the things that she can do is she can create them again. Right when that tray becomes empty, she can pull another batch right out of the oven and we're at it again. And then we're yelling at her because we all feel sick because they were so amazing and all these other things, you know. But this is what it comes back down to. See, sometimes we treat God like the first time I ever had a Krispy Kreme donut. I remember when I was in junior college, my, uh, the guy who was over our dorm came in and he had these donuts and he's like, it was Krispy Kremes, and the guy I was with was like, oh my gosh, you got Krispy Kreme donuts. And he's like, yeah, I just picked them up. Drove in from, so we're in Hobbs, New Mexico, and he drives, you know, he's got them there, and he's sitting there, and he's like, yeah, you want one? And he's like, oh my gosh, I would die to have one. And I'm like, it's a donut. What's the deal, man? It's a donut, literally. Why are you acting like this? He goes, no, 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 you've never, have you ever had a Krispy Kreme? I said, no, I've never had a Krispy Kreme donut. It's a donut. They're all the same. Little did I know, they're not all the same. There is Krispy Kreme and everybody else. I remember that time, man, I took and I ate that donut and I was like, oh my goodness, I found out what manna was. 
That was God's food right there. And I, man, I was so good. And I remember I finished that donut and I'm like, man, I'd love to have another. And he goes, nope, these are mine. And he took them, went to his room and they were done. That was it. And I was like, heartbroken. I'm like, that was it. It was done. It was my one time, my one time I'm ever going to have a Krispy Kreme donut in my life. See, sometimes that's what we treat God like. And that was the one time he was going to come and heal me. But you got to get back to who God truly is. See, that's not the God who's the creator of all. That's the God we've made up in our mind, not the God that we read about in the Bible. See, if he creates all, that's the mindset and the attitude. See, there are times we forget how big God truly is. See, when we don't truly seek God thoroughly every day, it's easy to let the, word to, the world describe who God is in your life. And I, and I want you to understand it, thoroughly seeking God. See, you don't just give a look to something, you have to thoroughly seek it to find those things. Turn with me to John chapter six. And I wanna walk through a process and I want you to think about this because I think a lot of times in people, we just want a quick answer. We want the right plan. Just give me, give me what I need to do and I'll get through this. I know there is a way, we just have to find it. John chapter six, verse 22, and for time's sake, I'm gonna quickly go through this. And it says, the next day, the crowd had stayed on the far shore in the distance and had taken the only boat. And they realized Jesus had gone with them. See, this is right after Jesus had fed, fed them all. They'd given the bread. They'd gone through all this stuff. So they've seen a miracle that God had done, okay? So he's, for time's sake, I'm going to fast forward through this real quick. So they get on boats and they head across the shore and they come across. And in verse 25, it says, they, they found him on the other side of the lake and they asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? See, Sometimes we ask God questions that are irrelevant because we're stuck in the way we think when God's trying to get us to get out of our thinking and get into his thinking. So he comes back and he states this statement. He said, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs, but don't be so concerned about the perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of approval. Verse 28, they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? He comes back and Jesus says, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he sent. Verse 30 says, they, they answered, show us a miraculous sign. So he goes on and he, he they ask him to do more. Show us how to have these signs. Show us how to do this and this and this. And he goes to verse 32 and says, Jesus, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. Remember, see, people like to figure out how it happened. We all do. We want to figure out. I'm not sure how one plus two can equal eight, but God does. We try to figure that out because in our minds, one plus two always equals three. Every single time. See, this is what it comes back down to. He says, and then he comes back and he says, my father did it. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So think about this. He is sitting there saying, I, I've given you, I've shown you all this. And he's describing himself. 
He's talking about the value of the word of God, the passion that he has for each and every one of us. He's talking about all these things and he comes back to it in verse 34. Here is a typical response from us humans. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. See, what they were actually meaning at that moment was literally, is there a baker that I have to go to to buy this bread? And if I eat this bread, it's going to be the answer I need? And Jesus is sitting here saying, it's not about the bread. But it is about the bread. It's not about that bread, it's about this bread. See, this is where we get, because what we want is we want the how-to, the full instruction plan, and everything set up right there. If you'll take this step, or if you'll do this, or if you'll do that, here's exactly what you need to do, and you'll get there. See, we want God to be a lot like Siri. Siri, how do I get here? Siri gives you all the directions on how to get from A to B, and that's what we want God to do. I'll call on you when I need you, but God is saying, I'm so much more to that. There's so much more to me. There's so much more to our relationship, and this is what we're getting at. I think at times we get stuck See, they wanted the bread of life because they thought it was the answer. They saw it as an object or a plan or a to-do list. If I can just do that every day, I'm set. I'm set. See, we've got to change the way we think. It's kind of like this. Everybody see what this is? Everybody know what this is? Now everybody know what this is? I'm not here talking about this Chick-fil-A. But what I am talking about is, this is a Chick-fil-A bag, right here. Okay, this bag in general, probably worth, I don't know, maybe five cents, maybe cost them a dime, I don't know how much to make these things, but we'll say it costs them a dollar, that this bag is worth a dollar. But you know this bag becomes a whole lot more valuable when you put a number one in here, or you put chicken minis in here, or you put a chicken sandwich. Aren't you glad I'm not doing this on a Sunday? Man, that would be cruel and unusual punishment to sit there and go through that on a Sunday. But what I'm talking about is this. See, this bag alone, many people wouldn't even look at this bag and think a second thought of it. If you saw this sitting on the ground, you would not open it up and look in it. But I'm telling you this. If I walk into the youth room and I held this bag like this and I said, hey, I've got something I wanna show you guys. Man, they would be hooting and hollering, saying, ah, you can show me, come show me, come show me. And I showed them this bag. See, the thing about this is, this bag is not worth a whole lot until the contents inside becomes valuable to you. See, the world tells you, you're not worth a whole lot. You're just a number. You're just a person. You're just this, this one over there. But they don't know about the contents inside. See, that's the difference, is that when you understand the contents and you understand what the value is when you add the contents into that bag, it changes everything. This bag is not just some random bag. It becomes a bag that's worth so much. See, most people would walk right past that bag, but when you add the contents, everything changes, and it's just like you and I. See, your worth is not measured by the outside. It has to be measured by the inside. And if I don't see God as a big God, I keep him as that small God, my relationship with God is always gonna be small. Right. It's gonna be as big as you see God. 
And that's what it comes back down to. See, understand this. God doesn't pick people like we do. Where people see problems, God sees potential. See, the world will tell you you're wrong and you can't. But God says, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. If you're sitting there going, is that true? Read about Gideon. You can't tell me that you haven't had the same thoughts about yourself that Gideon did. Now, if you read out of the New King James or Old King James or any of those other ones, sometimes you may think, I've never had that thought before. But when you break it down in today's language, absolutely, you've had that exact same thought because I've had that same thought. Every one of us deal with those things. See, Peter's a perfect example. God messed up a whole heck of a lot, but God still saw something great. Turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Mark 14, we're gonna go through Peter real quick because I wanna break down something very quickly. Mark 14, verse 27, I'm gonna zip ahead as we're going through this. It says this, on the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me for the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Now, Jesus is sharing something very significant at this moment. I am going to die, but I'm coming back and I will meet with you in Galilee. I will be there. My good buddy Peter says to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. And Peter, Jesus replied very quickly. He says, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows twice, they, that you will deny me three times you will deny that you even know me three times. Verse 31, no, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all others vowed the same. See, Peter thought of himself pretty good at this moment. But then we skip over to verse 66. I had to turn the page for those of you who may have to do the same. Verse 66, same chapter. It says, meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. This is after Jesus has been caught. He's gone through everything. It says, one of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself by the fire. She looked at him closely and said, you were one of those that were with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them, but Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you are Galilean. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately, the rooster crowed for a second time. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And he broke down and he wept. See, Peter thought of himself as a failure at this moment. See, because sometimes we get caught up in a mistake. Sometimes we do things that we never thought we would ever do. Sometimes we fall short of what God has called us to do. And so the only way we can describe ourselves is as a failure. I'm a mistake. I'm terrible. We state, make these statements continually about ourselves, but understand this, that's a view of a small God. That's a view of a very small God. 
See, God has other plans because he doesn't end the story when we make mistakes. That's what a small God does. But God is a big God and always has more to the story. See, Peter's story was not done. See, not the whole story of Peter's life was dealt in these small moments. Peter had a bunch to still do. Turn with me to John chapter 21. John 21, verse 3. And I'll start while you guys are getting there. Simon Peter said, I am going fishing. I love this because this is, you know, Jesus is gone. They're trying to figure out what to do. And so Peter just goes back to what he always knows. I'm going fishing. I don't have anything else. I'm going to go fishing. And the other disciples looked and said, we'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught anything? Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. I love the next part. Just going to hit it quick, but we're going to skip for time's sake. I'm going to read verse 7. It says, then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter. I, this is one of my favorite. When you read the book of John, he refers to himself all the time. Is that? The disciple that Jesus loved. You know, it's funny. I was sitting here before service, and I was reading the questions that were up there. One of the questions says, who's the one that says this? And I'm like, well... The way the question is stated on the board, Jesus loved all the disciples equally. But John is the one that kept referring to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. See, I think at times you probably need to start telling yourself the same thing. You need to stop saying, I'm the mistake, I'm the mess up, I'm the screw up, I'm the one that Jesus loves. You may be, but I'm, I, I'm the one for sure that Jesus loves. You need to look in the mirror and say, that's, that's the guy right there. That's the girl that Jesus loves. Because when you change who you see yourself as, it changes everything. So we get back to this. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped it to work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. I love that moment. Because you know what Peter's dealt with for all these times. Think about when you make a mistake. Think about when you made a mess up. When you screwed up. What do you think about every day? That screw up. That mess up, that mistake, that whatever it is. We all get stuck in those moments. But he gets to this point, and we're going to fast forward very quickly for time. Verse 15. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. I love that statement because he recognized something right there. You know that I love you. See, remember, God is the creator of all. God knows all things. But sometimes you have to remind yourself, remember, why was Jesus asking Peter this question? Jesus referred and said, you know. You know that I love you. I want you to think about that as we go forward. He says, then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. 
Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. And you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Now I want you to get to this point. Why did Jesus do this? We understand it. Peter denied him three times. It was to reconcile those three moments. It was to basically let Peter know, not God, God knew his heart. Remember? Because he said, you know I love you. You know all things. You know everything. You know I love you. The one who didn't know he loved him was Peter. Because Peter still saw himself as a failure. Because he saw himself serving a small God. But a big God reminded him how big he truly is. See, and this is what I want you to understand this. He, he said it three times to counteract the thinking in Peter's mind. Jesus asked these questions, and they asked him very simple for this. Peter didn't ask, I mean, Jesus didn't ask Peter those questions for Jesus' sake. Remember, he already knew. He asked them so that Peter would recognize and understand that. See, when God asks us a question, he's not asking because he needs your answer. He's asking because he wants you to listen to the answer you're about to give. Because that will identify something about you and where you're at at this moment. See, one of the things that I always ask, and I always encourage you to do it at the end of every sermon, is ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this sermon? What are you saying to me tonight? What do I need to cover tonight? See, God never asks a question to learn something, but he always asks you something so that you learn something. See, Adam, when he failed... When he messed up, God came down and he said, where are you? Adam, where are you? God knows everything, right? Did God know where he was at? Yes. Yes. He knows everything. So was God asking because he couldn't find Adam? Or was he asking Adam because Adam couldn't find Adam? Because in that moment, Adam was stuck in shame. And he was giving him an opportunity to recognize, I messed up. Father, forgive me, for I made the mistake. See, remember, God doesn't need our praise for himself. It's to remind ourselves how amazing he truly is. If you would, go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. And I pose that question to you. Ask the Holy Spirit, God, what are you saying to me in this sermon? What are you sharing with me tonight that I need to hear? And as you ask yourself that question, maybe it's the fact that there's something that triggered in here that you've recognized yourself as a mistake, as an issue, or you've seen yourself as the failure that the world continues to tell you that you are. But remember this, where the world sees problems, God sees potential. He's just waiting for that opportunity. And so if you're in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna pray with you. And I want to lead you in a prayer to truly call him Lord of your life. Because your story is not done. See, Peter could have ended his story at that moment and lived as a failure the rest of his life. But that's not what God had. Tonight's your opportunity to find out what God still has to write about your story. And so if you're in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're ready to say, Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life. 
Or two, if you, maybe you've made him Lord of your life before, but you've walked away and you realize, I need to rededicate my life. I realize tonight I missed it. And I'm ready to come back home. If that's you in either one of those categories, would you do this? Would you just lift your hand up and say, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? As I look across this room, listen, just put your hand up in the real quick. I see those hands up. I see those ones. Listen, if you're in either one of those categories, it's as simple as saying, Lord, I know my story's not done and I'm ready for you to keep writing. I see those hands all over this place. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every one of those that raise their hands, Father. I pray that you would lead them and guide them. Lord, that you would give them wisdom and guidance to understand who they truly are. For those of you that raise your hand, would you pray this, repeat this after me and pray it loud enough you can hear it with your own ears. And those who didn't raise your hand, would you pray this in encouragement so everybody prays together. Say, Father, I confess you as Lord of my life. I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth that Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me, for forgiving me, and continuing to write my story. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.